Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independence report for a Thursday, I do believe it is. And then 18 or the 19th of, uh, of uh, August. I can't believe how fast time is going. It's just amazing to me. Um, <laughs> and we have uh, Allison Roberts with us today. And she is a transformational coach, an intuitive transforma- transformational coach. And we're going to be talking to her for the entire hour. Allison, how are you? I'm great. I'm in the middle of a horrific storm right now, but I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Where are you, by the way? I'm in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's famous for those. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I've always wondered, because I've spent some time in uh, Arkansas, and Mm -hmm. I have always wondered, how do you people sleep at night when there's a huge... um, a thunderstorm going by because I always am scared that there's going to be like a, uh, a tornado along with it. Yeah. You know, um, I really don't, I, I don't deeply when there's, um, a, you know, like tornado warnings or watches out because they're, they do happen a lot here in Georgia. They do. And so, you know, if we get a warning through, Alexa or, you know, whatever. Um, Cause she's really good about saying, Hey, guess what? There's a tornado coming. Um, so it's like, Oh, okay. We'll all pile in the laundry room. Um, and now she's talking to me because I said her name. Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for those that don't live in the South or in the tornado <laughs> alley, I have to I have to paint a picture for you because when you're watching TV in the lower corner of your of your screen are different counties in in your area or surrounding your area and uh, they will go from um, green to yellow to red to flashing red to get the hell into the basement right now kind of red and and that kind of stuff so it, it's it's fascinating I was in a hotel room and I didn't know what county I was in. And it said, <laughs> if you're in this county, <laughs> go. And I was on the third floor. It was like, oh, good. This is great. You know, so, but what do you, what do you do? And you, you live where you live. And G- Atlanta, Georgia is famous for having some really hellacious thunderstorms. Yeah. And thank goodness. I mean, I've, I've only, uh, I've only encountered one tornado, um, but it, it literally ripped houses off the foundation in our neighborhood. Oh, I, I, I tell you, I, I saw in Arkansas when I was there, uh, the aftermath of one and it was a, it was like, a, um, what is it? A three or a four. And so it was wide and it was, uh, and there was nothing left in the, in the, in the scope of that. There was absolutely nothing left, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about you. <laughs> So we want to do that 
So we're going <laughs> to we're going to start off with you've got a very special thing coming up starting next week, and uh, let's lay that out, and then we'll talk about that several times during the course of the show, so that if you are interested in doing that with her, you'll get all the information. So what are you doing on starting Monday? Yeah. So um, a couple of times a year, I hold a free week long webinar. Um, it's called Painless Pivots to Power. Be still and my foolish heart. Did you say free? I did. That's 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 a pretty good price right there. It is, especially because it's seven days. It's an hour each day. But um, we just take a deep dive into this deliciousness of solving our problems. So if you are like in a situation in your life right now where you're like, I'm stuck, it's, you know, it's COVID or it's a divorce or it's like whatever your outside circumstances, you need to get inside painless pivots to power. And I'm going to teach you how to have an amazing solution to whatever is happening in your life right now. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to have to take that class. I think if I've got, if I've got the time, because I tell you, um, I, since the last time we've talked, I have to, I, I'll let you know, my mother passed away. Oh, um, and, then. And, and it was a very sudden uh, overnight. She was playing bridge on Thursday and on Saturday she was um, in heaven. And uh, so it was, it, it was very tough. But, uh, you know, just, just the circumstances. I know you, I, I don't know if you've lost a parent or not. In April, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it is it is really hard when you're when you're working with the siblings and you're trying to figure out the house and you're trying to figure out the finances and all that stuff. It can be a very trying time for everybody. Yeah, you know, it always it always amazes me that death does that to people. So so I actually so I have a biological father that I lost in April, but then. But then there's my dad. Like my dad is is my dad who adopted me from birth and was really, you know, the the father figure in my life. Um, and and he passed away um, from liver cancer in 2017. And I mean, talk about drama. I mean, I stepped way back from it. And you know me enough now, Kevin, to know that that's a true story that I just said that I stepped way back from it. But man, I mean, my poor, I mean, my, if my stepmother's watching this, no offense, but you are not nice to me. Um, but she, uh, she's not a nice person, but she did not deserve um, how my other siblings treated her. It was really bad. I'm just like, wow, guys. It is, it, it, it truly is amazing how, People, especially if there's a little bit of money involved, how people change and it becomes, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have the money yesterday. And, uh, and right. so it was different. And then they have the uh, potential of having this uh, small windfall or large windfall. And, and if you got a bunch of siblings and it's like, how much do you get and how much do I get and all that people get really, really bizarre in those, in those moments. They do. They get crazy. And I think, you know, from a mindset perspective, um, there's a lot of stuff going on there, you know, and, you know, when, when my dad died, um, 
you know, I had to sit down and start doing my science, which is thought models, you know, to, to try and just cope and deal with what was happening with not only losing him, but the drama before I lost him. And then the drama that ensued immediately after his death. And then uh, for a couple of months, you know, after that, and I, it just, and it, here's the thing. It's not the money. It's the people. <laughs> you are correct, my dear. It is the people. It's never and... about the money ever. I don't care if it's a lottery. It's not about the money. If it's a huge promotion, it's not about the money. It's not. It's never about the money. I'm gonna pop in a LaCroix here, so you're gonna hear this nice little. Ah, having a beer, are you? No, it's just sparkling water. I promise. I'm gonna do a little <laughs> plug for LaCroix, even though I, they should be sponsoring me, but they're not. But they should be. <laughs> yes they should dog on it um yeah because it's interesting that that it and i'm sure that people come to you as a as a co because it can be discombobulating if that's even a word uh to have all of the things change and and that person that you used to talk to is no longer there and uh, if you don't if you don't have a good sense of who they were or who who they are around you, you can feel lost and you and going through the stages of grief. Um, it's it can be really really hard for people to figure out all the things that they need to be doing and and um, and to go through all of that, and then then they take it out on the people that are around them at times. They do, and you know the thing about it is is that we're gonna die. No. Um, and, and people don't want to think about that. So they don't plan for their death. Right. And so like, I, you know, my daughter knows exactly everything um, because one day I'm not going to be here anymore, you know, and I'm only 56, but it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to die. And so the, the load of cow manure that we leave for people to have to, figure out because we don't plan for our own death. I think it's really, it's really unfair. It, 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 it is because you're the only one who really knows where all the bones are buried and where all the money is and all the accounts that you have and, and all of that. Plus the fact that a lot of people, uh, when now my mom was 90 and she was convinced she was going to live to be 102. And, uh, and she was absolutely, you know, this is what I'm, I'm going to live to be 102. Well, um, she went to bed Friday night and, um, friends came over on Saturday morning and, and found her. Um, so it, it can happen so suddenly that if you're not prepared for it and you're not uh, working to, to understand what you should do so that people don't have to do it. Um, and you can make it easier for them as an example, where are the accounts where, you know, and then downsize a lot of people will refuse to downsize, um, when they're older, they don't need all the stuff that they have. Um, but they, right. but anyway. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, um, the one that passed away in 2017, I mean, you know, he, he had prostate cancer, um, and he was in his eighties. So, I mean, and it was pretty advanced when they found it. And the, the doctor was just like, you know, I'm probably going to be able to buy you a couple of years. I mean, at the most I'm going to be able to buy, cause he was diabetic and he had, 
high blood pressure. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, so he started giving us his stuff. You know, he's just like, I mean, I have his ukulele right here on the wall. And I've got, I have some other things. I mean, he didn't have a lot, but he's just like, you know, I want to make sure that you get my ukulele. I want to make sure that you over here get my fishing lures and things like that. Because first of all, he wanted to see the joy that we experienced when, you know, when, when he actually gave us his stuff. But also, too, I mean, my my siblings like raided his house with my <laughs> with my stepmother still living there. Oh my god! It was horrible. Oh my god! That's 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 not even that's not even funny. No, it's horrible. It, it really is, and I, I've taken the stance that uh, a lot of people won't uh, won't take, and that is and that is this. Um, tell me if you agree with me or disagree with me. There's going to be a little bit of money, not a great deal, but a little bit, but there's enough for me because I see my father passed 15 years ago and he's the one that amassed all, whatever money that they have left. He's the one that did that. So before I die, I want to give a gift to my children from my father uh, so that they can have something regardless of what happens to me and the money that that i'm going to need for the rest of my life i wanted them to have that and some people are saying you're nuts that's crazy um what do you think am i nuts am I, is that crazy or should i should we not honor the people that are here living and honor the people that have passed by giving them something as well i don't I personally do not believe in inheritances after people are dead. I think the money should be given while children are alive. I agree. And then, and then when you're, when you're, when you died, then that money, obviously, you know, it's going to go to your survivors or how, however you've allocated it. But first of all, the mindset of we have to wait until we have to wait until Christmas to get the bike. We have to wait until our birthday to get the $10. We have to wait till dad dies before I can buy a house. We have to wait till Santa Claus comes. You know, it's, it's just, we live in this society of we can't have it right now. You can't, I'm sorry. You can't have it right now. It's not possible. You're going to have to wait. And so then what happens is, we're always waiting for everything. We're waiting for true love. We're waiting for, you know, we're waiting to win the lottery. We're waiting for the promotion. We're waiting, we're waiting to be happy and prosperous until later. That's going to happen down the road. Well, it's what a tragedy. I mean, it's first of all, it's years wasted. And secondly, you know, I mean, one of my friends kept telling me years ago, like, I'm going to, you know, when my dad dies, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm like, why in the hell <laughs> do you want to wait 55 or 60 years to be wealthy? That makes absolutely zero sense to me when you're going to be too old then to even enjoy having the amount of wealth that she was talking about. I'm like, you're going to be in a wheelchair on vacation, like build your wealth now. So she actually went to her dad. I was so proud of her. She went to her dad who was jerk. Horrible, 
<laughs> you know? And she was like, Dad, I have this business idea. And and she she had made a PowerPoint. She walked him through the whole thing and he was like, Thank God. Because he had like seven kids. He's like, I've been waiting for one of you to come to me. So I can help you get wealthy. And that's exactly what he did. He, I mean, she she is like dripping in the money. Um, and I wasn't the only one. That's not because of me. They're all of it. Dozens of us were saying, you have this amazing business idea. Why would you wait? Go to your dad. So it wasn't just, it's not just an Allison story. Um, but she did. She went to him and she was like, you know, I need $500,000 from you. I need this. I need that. Um, and, and he did it. And she is, she is just doing really, really well for herself. Oh, that is, that, that's a great story. That's a, that's a great, cause I, I had a, um, one time my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my wife and I were sitting around and we were talking about her parents and it was like, he worked for Boeing. He's got lots of money. He's going to have it here. And then we're going to have, um, when they pass away, we're going to have all this money and we're going to have all this stuff. Well, as it turned out, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law died before the parents did. So we were spending that time anticipating something that wasn't even going to happen and wasting, wasting the time, wasting the breath instead of living our own lives and doing everything that we needed to do to, to be happy. So it makes it, it makes it, it makes it very tough. Let's talk about you. And if you're just tuning in, what starts on Monday again? It is called painless pivots to power. How, how's that for a title? Painless I love that. Pivots to power. Um, I run it a couple of times a year. It's free. It's Monday. free. That's yep. a good. Yep. That's good. It's Monday through Sunday, Monday through Friday. We meet at 1 PM Eastern standard time. Um, Saturday and Sunday will vary because those are bonus days and I'll let you know the times when we get there. Uh, but Monday through Friday, they are going to be learning, um, some mindset tricks and tools and skills to finally change the thing that they've been trying to change that they haven't been able to change. You know, our brain hates change. Kevin hates it. Not it does. We got to be the boss of our brain in order to make a big change. We have to be. So if they go to my website, allisonroberts.com, they can sign up for the webinar on my website. Why do our brains hate change? Ooh, how much time do you have? I, we got time. We got time. So our brain hates change because it has our reptilian brain, this primitive brain back here, um, has three jobs to keep us alive, avoid pain, and seek pleasure. So if it senses any, any sensation from our bodies, be it good or bad, that's different from the normal sensation that our, prim our primitive brain is used to us feeling, it won't let us feel that feeling for very long. Oh... If it's a good thing, why would it stop us? Because it's different. So they like they like steady as we go, 
I, I and controlled and and this is just the way it is and and when you have a when you deviate from that either if you have pain or if you have pleasure or if you find love or stuff and, and is is that why sometimes uh, people don't don't allow themselves to love thoroughly and to and to care for other people because oh, they're hundred percent. That's crazy. <laughs> that's well, you say it's crazy, but if you grow up with 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 two well-meaning parents, it doesn't even have to be trauma. And this is where people get really um, stuck on this because a lot of people think they can do anything that they want um, so long as there wasn't any trauma in their childhood, you know, and then they get, they start feeling like really ashamed and guilty because they think that they should be further along because there wasn't any trauma in their childhood. Well, you can have two well-meaning parents. And let's just say dad comes home every day. And, oh, man, when he walks in the door, he's so tired. So tired. So he's emotionally unavailable. And then mom has five kids. And she, you know, she's happy all the time, maybe. And she, But, you know, but she's making biscuits all the time and doing laundry. And so you're like, hey, mom, hey, mom. And she's like, baby, I'll get with you in a minute. I'll get with you in a minute. I love you so much. I love you so much. You know, so neither parent is spending quality time loving and getting to know and have an, a close, intimate relationship with their child. They're just raising them and doing the best they can. Well, then so you grow up and you're now you're in your 20s or 30s and you meet someone and they're like, so, you know, here I am. <laughs> I'm ready to love you. Like, I want to love you deeply and truly. And you're like, <laughs> I'm not used to this. And the reptilian brain is like, boop, boop. red alert, red alert, red alert. Yeah. So I got a question for you. And this is, this is something that I think is more rampant in our society than we give it credit. And that is that, um, well, see, my mom grew up, her father was German, and so he was distant by nature. Uh, the German people tend to not to be kind, loving, and supportive. They are, are can be, in, at least in this case, he was a difficult guy to uh, to to love and to get around, and he, he didn't, I don't think he ever said, I love you to her or any of that. And so that becomes a generational thing because yeah. she then doesn't have any idea because she hasn't got had an example of it, what love is or how to give it or how to, how to, how do you in your coaching practice teach people to be more loving and caring so that they can, they can live their lives more fully because my mom ended up not living the life that she would have liked to have lived because she didn't know how. Yeah. That's really sad. That's really sad. Um, so love is a result of my coaching program. It's a result of it because what happens is that you, you start to learn how the brain works and the, the way that the brain works is that a circumstance happens and then we have a thought about it. We actually have hundreds of thoughts about it and then we have a feeling about it many feelings about it 
but we will but we act on the dominant one that keeps us safe keeps us alive seeks pleasure unless we make a cognitive decision to make a conscious decision about the circumstance otherwise we're just knee jerk reacting in the primitive brain all the time and that's why people get the same result over and over and over and over and over and over and they're like but i stopped eating bologna sandwiches you know four days ago um so <laughs> the way that love becomes a result of it is that the more cognitive and conscious you are the more you start to see like man i I'm not even the person that I thought I was like, I'm actually really this over here. Like I actually really am compassionate. I actually really do care about people. I actually really do, you know, enjoy birds and all this stuff because you just become more yourself more. I hate to even say it right now because we're in a pandemic and this whole thing about masks, but you start to, to remove your emotional mask more and more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, as a result of that, you love yourself deeper and as a, or for the first time. And as a result of that, then you are more authentically available for other people. That makes perfect sense. Uh, because if you don't love yourself and if, if you've been told that you're not lovable, it's impossible for you to love somebody else. Is that true? Yep. That's, 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 so you help people understand themselves and from their core, love themselves for who they are. And yeah. that allowed, that opens up the floodgates to allow them to love other people. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I say love who you are, I'm not talking about like, what you look like, the house you live in. I'm talking about loving, loving, you know, all the, all of it, like loving the fact that, you know, you failed miserably, um, loving the fact that you messed up in love, you know, like you have to really truly like love yourself deeply, like, knowing that you didn't know any better and going back and like loving that person who didn't truly know any better um, and accepting that person and bringing them fully into your now experience so that you don't walk around with secrets and shame and guilt and all the things. And so there's got to be a, a measure of self-forgiveness. Yes, which is a decision, not a feeling. Ooh, hadn't <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> Wait to feel it, you'll never do it. Yeah, if it's, but but self forgiveness isn't that part of the part of the whole thing, and also the understanding that the experiences you have are something that you're destined to do, and that's part of who you are. And part of your growth process is that true i don't know that we're destined to do them i think it i think it's more if we don't do our work um 
you know, bad things are going to happen. I mean, I'm talking about bad as in we're going to make a decision from a place of panic or fear or desperation instead of a from a place of calm and love and understanding and groundedness and all those things. So if you keep making decisions based on fear, desperation, you know, just love me, somebody, somewhere, you know, bad things are going to happen. You're going to end up with some horrible people who are going to take horrible advantage of you. Um, and I don't think that anyone is destined for that, but that is just what, how it's a ripple effect of the decisions that we make. That's very interesting. That's because the decisions we make, we think we're doing the right thing, but it's the same thing dating the same same guy in a different suit. If 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 you like a particular type of person and you keep going after that and expecting a different result, you get the same thing over and over again without even knowing that you're doing it. Exactly. And and the, and I've had a lot of deep conversations with both men and women about this. Um, you know, why in the hell do I keep ending up with like, you know, the first guy took $10, the second guy took 10 million, you know, the first lady, you know, uh, ate me out of house and home. Uh, the second lady ate me out of house and home and the vacation home, you know, uh, and she stole my cat. You know, why do I keep, why do these people, <laughs> what is happening, you know, and what happens is that when we make, and I hope that whoever's listening to this, like really gets this because this is like people pay me a lot of money to hear what I'm about to say. When we make a bad decision, it reinforces the neurotransmitter in our brain. And the neurotransmitter is subconscious to conscious brain. So, when we do that, we build evidence for that decision. Oh, that can be bad. Right. And so if we had any kind of pleasure from that painful relationship, like um, the sex was good or, you know, well, at least he had a lot of money or, well, at least, you know, I ended up with, $50,000 in my bank account. If we, if we derived any kind of significant pleasure from that relationship, the brain has this weird way of making up a story of like, here's John. John behaves this way. Therefore, I'm going to get something out of this relationship. And we do it over and over and over and over until we don't anymore. But sometimes the second one becomes worse than the first one. And the third one becomes worse than the second one. And right. you can get into big time trouble uh, with an abuser or, or somebody like that. If, if you go down that road and don't recognize why the relationships are not working. Well, the relationships aren't working because of us. But we don't want to admit that. A lot of people don't want to admit it. But, you know, here's the thing. If you're one of those people who can't be alone and you go from 
relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. What you're doing is you're building momentum for the energy that you're living in. And so it started out as this tiny little snowball, but you won't give yourself alone time to do cognitive behavioral techniques to be like, what was I thinking? How did that make me feel? What actions did I take in that relationship? What results do I get? No, people are just like, well, Kevin will make it better. You know, John will make it better. Paul will make it better. Stephen will make it better. And so the snowball just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And then finally, when it gets to the bottom of the hill and it breaks in a million pieces is when people find Allison Roberts. <laughs> do this. Because they have just so, so you end up working with a lot of people that are hitting or have hit what they perceive as their bottom, that they can't go on the way it is. They've got to make a meaningful change. They can't do it by themselves because it's really hard to look inside yourself and, and to come up with an appropriate answer because of the stories that have been out there that you're telling yourself for so many years that, that it's hard for you to, it's, it's hard for you to call bullshit on yourself. It really, I mean, I have coaches and I have a therapist, so they, you know, you, we, cause we can't see our own blind spots. You know, right. it's like you're driving the car forward. You want to make a change. It's a really good analogy. You know, you want to make a change, but there's a car in your blind spot. Right. So sometimes even with the mirrors, now that's, they have those little sensors on the car, boop, 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 you know, don't change lanes or somebody back there. That's, that's, that's me. I'm the, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, no way. You haven't done enough work yet. You gotta, don't change lanes yet. You got to fix this first, you know? Oh, that's, that's, that's remarkable because you know, we all, and it, everybody that I talk to who is, by the way, Allison has been recognized as one of the top hundred coaches in the world. Um, and, uh, and that's right there. You can go to her website, which is allisonroberts.com and you can, you can find out all about her and what she does and how she can help you realize because everybody that I've talked to that is really gifted people like you, you recognize that you can't do it all by yourself and you have a coach, uh, you have somebody to, that you can bounce things off of, um, because we all are in the middle of living life. And so it's it's great for you to have a, a coach and a therapist and those and those people that can support you. Yeah, I mean, football players have teams. Baseball players have teams. You know, we can't we can't hit the ball and then run the bases without somebody else catching. You know, somebody we we got to have other people on our team to cover everything. We can't. The, the people who walk through this life who, you know, first of all, I won't date anyone who hasn't had a substantial amount of some therapy or coaching or something, because if, you know, if we're so arrogant to think like, I got it all worked out, you know, I, I, I can do this. I, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm tough. I can make, I, I'm tough. I can make it happen all by myself. Um, no, you're right. And uh, it's, I, I wanted to ask you, what is it about us that we feel like we have to find somebody else 
to be with? Well, I mean, this is changing, but most of us are born into uh, a coupleship. Um, and even if, you know, mom and dad are throwing beer cans at each other and throwing F-bombs and like, you know, just to use an extreme, right? Or the other extreme, how are you? We're always just fine. We're fine all the time. Um, <laughs> whether you, you know, you grow up on one extreme or the other. You've you met my mother-in-law, haven't you? <laughs> I have. Um, she told me to tell you hello. Um, <laughs> we grow up in that, and and most of us are born into a traditional coupleship scenario. And so we, this is how life is, you know, it takes two, just because it takes two people, you know, naturally anyway, to bring someone into the world doesn't mean that those two people should be together. Um, but that's how, that that's how traditionally it has been. See, every time I talk to you, I get to have a therapy session. So I'll just continue with that theme <laughs> because my former wife was that way. She came up in a family that um, if they had an argument, they would go to bed and then they would wake up and nobody ever talked about it ever again. Um, they would never get into why did this happen? Why did that happen? And, and, and really dissect it to get into it. So consequently, when she came when we got together and she came to my house, I'm a bit of a communicator. I like to find out what's going on and what's deeply going on with people so that yeah. we can fix it. And she fix would it. have known. Right. Yeah, you she can't would. fix what you don't know. Exactly. But she would have none of it. It, it was like, I don't want to talk about it. But we have to talk about it. And she said, would you shut up? I'm not talking about that. And it's like, well, but we have to get it straight so we understand um, I did the same thing with my kids and there were multiple times when my, I would be having a discussion with my son and she would walk by the door and say, would you guys just shut up? Um, because she didn't want to talk about anything that wasn't prim, proper and positive. Um, and, but she wasn't willing to get deeper within herself and that ultimately ended the marriage. Yeah, I think it ultimately ends every relationship, whether you stay together or not, you know, yeah. You, you can't, you know, it, it kills me. Do you, do you know what cavemen would give to have language? <laughs> I mean, do you know what they would give in order to have words that you can put together where the other person understands like what you are saying? And yet we don't, we don't use our words. No. And, and it, it makes it very difficult to, to have a great relationship with somebody when you can't talk about things at a deep level. Right. So without arguing, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and throwing beer cans at each other, which, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. It, it gives you a mental picture all in its own, all <laughs> you know, but there are so many people that are, that are not, they don't want to get into it deeply because they don't feel like uh, they, they, uh, um, I don't know. Why don't people want to get into it more deeply? I think they're afraid, they're afraid of rejection. Wow. 
um, they're afraid of, the brain hates change. So it's like if we have this conversation and then, you know, I have to change something drastic, you know, that scares me. So I'm just, I'm, you know, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Hey. <laughs> Exactly. No, no, I've, I, Allison, I've gotten to know you a little bit over time and uh, your story is nothing short of remarkable of what you did. You're a beautiful lady. You, Thank you, I think you're lying to me when you tell me you're 56. I think that's, that's because yeah. <laughs> you, you, you look like you're 30 oh, and okay. uh, so that means you're going to live to be 120. And so, and <laughs> so, so I would recommend that anybody go talk to her. And the best way to do that is to go to allisonroberts.com and she's going to have a uh, um, seminar starting on Monday. And I highly recommend that you sign up for it because number one, it's free. Number two, it's effective. And it can lead you into a whole different realm of who you are versus who you think you are. Um, it is fun. We have fun. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer that, you know, when you when you're having fun and you're laughing and all that you remember you remember stuff um so you know like i was teaching uh one of my uh coaching classes the other night because i have group coaching programs and i was talking about how we all say that we've lost our virginity like lose it it's on a milk carton Kevin's virginity has been missing since 1987. Last seen wearing boxers, you know, <laughs> Susie's father's basement. You know, if you happen to see it, think, I mean, you know, don't lose our virginity. It's like, oh my God, when are we going to start taking radical responsibility for our decision? Oh, exactly. That is so funny. Because <laughs> you're right. So you're going to remember that now for the rest of your life you know exactly i i've lost my virginity and i can't find it anywhere it's a, it's on a milk carton in the grocery store they have it posted if you see it please call well and the other and the other thing that is uh um that i don't like about our culture is that girls lose their virginity guys sow their wild oats so for guys, they're in constant pursuit of losing their or of of sowing their wild oats, and the girls are are feeling um, uh, there's a negative connotation to with all of that. Is it, yeah, to all of it. You know, why do you have to be wild? Because <laughs> we're guys, and we're, we're that's the men sort of thing is to be is to be tough and wild and and scratch ourselves and do all sorts of stuff. Right, and we're supposed to have flowers in our hair and stay yep. virgins until we die, basically. You know? Oh, exa exactly. And there, there. It's interesting that there are some. I have to tell you a quick story if I can. Um, I went to a party, and this is a uh, a group of a particular uh, religious group that that got together for a, a uh, um, barbecue. And it reminded me of going back to the 60s because <laughs> the, the women, the guys were there and they were talking back and forth and they were saying what their business is doing and how good they are. And the guy had a gun on him and, and they're, and they're tough and barbecue. all this. Stuff. They had a barbecue. Yes. With people he knew. You never know what might show up 
at the bar. So you have to have a gun at the barbecue. And like, you exactly. Know what's going to happen. So okay. the guys are the guys are doing that, and the women are opening the Tupperware for the barbecue and stuff, and and they're putting everything on, and then they go sit at the picnic table. So it turns out that all the women are sitting at the picnic table, and all the men are standing over here in a group, and it's like that seems like a waste of money and time because why can't you all get along? But the women felt subservient to the men because that was part of the religious teachings that they'd been part of, and it was like that's that's that. So that reminded me of the 60s. I'm going to go so far as to say that it, I don't think that's just a religious thing. You know, I think that we, in our mindset, you know, men are meat. Meat. <laughs> We're going to grill the meat, you know. And women are like, flowers and potato salad. <laughs> that's that's exactly what that was like. Right. And then if we grab a beer and we and we're the one that goes and hangs out with the guys at the grill to shoot the shit or whatever, then we're a whore. So it's like you just can't. It, it's it's so the mindset is so, I mean, like I, I'm literally honestly I've I've honestly thought about writing a book um, called The Mindset of Mating because. It, it's so, our current mindset is, it is so primitive. Yeah, really. I hope you, I hope you do write that book. I think it would be very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I might as well just add it to the list of <laughs> books that are coming out. Right. Oh, exactly. Well, you're going to, you're going to have lots and lots, you know, lots and lots of books. And, uh, and you, you're just, you're such a pleasure to talk to and, and you've lived life and you've had lots of experiences in life. Some of them have been not so positive. Um, so you understand a lot of this stuff and, and, and you're able to work through it. I, you know, I haven't, I'm not sure that I've asked you yet because I, if you want to go back, by the way, Allison Roberts has done several podcasts with me. If you'd like to go back and review the history of what she went through, there are other podcasts you can do that. I don't want to take the time today, but what I do want to take the time to ask you is that after all of that stuff, there was a point in time when you said, Fooey, enough of that. I'm going to change everything and I'm going to become who I truly wish to be. When was that? I think that's a process. I think I'm always becoming who I truly am because I'm always changing. Does that make sense? Yep. So well, it's because you're always working on yourself. And you're always opening yeah. up to what, what's happening and, and delving inside of yourself for your feelings and what's going on with it. I mean, I think the very first time that I took a stand for myself um, and, and really um, made a decision that was just Allison, it wasn't, it wasn't anyone else, um, even though other people would probably take credit for this. Uh, but. Uh, I was 20 years old and that's when I, I placed my son for adoption. Um, and, and I did that for, for him. Um, but also for me, um, because I had people telling me, you know, that I should live in a housing project and, you know, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to make that crystal clear that I, it's not a judgment um, 
It's just that I had the ability to place him in a situation where he would have more opportunity than what was going to be provided if he had stayed with me and I had lived in the system. Um, so that decision sort of catapulted me to earn the respect of some people around me um, who had always tried to tell me what to do, hold me down, um, you know, basically mentally and emotionally torture me for not going their path, for not, for not listening and following them. And so I think Kevin, that, that, that step when I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm choosing this route for myself and this path for myself. And there's really not a damn thing that you can do about it. Um, and I'm choosing this for my son. That was a big turning point in my life. And knowing your situation at that time, you were homeless, you were 20 years old, you were, hadn't finished school yet. Um, and so the life that you could provide him, I, I tend to think that's actually the highest form of love is to be able to give somebody a better life that, than what you could do for them. And yeah, I, and we are reunited and he would tell you the same thing. Well, you know, he, his first very, couple of years. Yeah, he's very grateful. I mean, because he was born um, with a physical handicap and um, has had to have multiple surgeries and physical therapy and all kinds of things. And I was living in my car. Right. <laughs> so it's like, a Volkswagen bug, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's it's um, and people some people are like, well, you didn't have a choice. I did have I had lots of choices. I could have especially at that time because we were not so micromanaged by government agencies. Um, you know, I could have had him in my car. Um, I could have, I could have built a life for us in a tent city somewhere. I could have, I mean, people were like, well, you didn't have it. I had lots of choices. I had a, a, a multitude of choices, uh, you know, around me. My, my dad, who I love, dad, I love you so much, but he was a mess during that time. He was an alcoholic and he was, he was, you know, just not emotionally present or available. Um, but he was offering me to live with him. My abusive mother was offering me to live with her, but no, I wasn't going to repeat those patterns for my son. That just not, a, I mean, it was an option, but it wasn't an option for me. And so when I broke those chains of abuse at 20 years old, and was like, you no longer get to abuse me. You no longer have any control over my life at all. And even after I placed him for adoption, um, I kept a, I drew a very hard line in the sand. It was like, you know, I accept this, but I don't accept that. I set boundaries for them. I um, mean, even though they couldn't deal with the boundaries, I had set them and I was living by the boundaries I had set. And I think that, you know, whether you're 20 or you're 60, that is a huge platform for success. And ultimately you have to, if you're going to achieve in your life, what you choose to achieve. And by the, by the way, just so everybody knows, and again, go back to listen to the 
prior podcast, but these are people that at one time locked the, changed the locks on their house so that you couldn't get into their house. And, and that forced you into the car, into the bug. And thank God there was a, an angel of a professor that was willing to step up and take care of you and, 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 and stuff like that. But that's, so you've, you've seen it all and you, and, but you made that decision to be, to stand on your own two feet. And from that point on, you were able to break the chains that were generational. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, which, by the way, just real quick, because I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, just out of curiosity, what what are, what are the good old boys in Georgia say about you down there? They're, they're like, that, that woman is tough. I don't know about her. Um, they have, they have a difficult time with me. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they do. I'm not, I'm not quiet. I'm not subservient. I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sweet, good woman, but I'm not going to put up with your shit. And so they have a hard time with it. That's because now my mama never talked like that and never did. That's it. So it's like, and, but I'm, I'm so proud of you. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, Allison Roberts is her name. Uh, go to allisonroberts.com. She's got a class starting on Monday. It's free. It's free. Go there. You're going to spend an hour with her every day for five days. And what else are you going to do? We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a great time. And you can hear about all kinds of stuff that I have going on. Um, so come and just be a part of it. And I would thank you so much for coming on to the uh, podcast today. You're just a joy to have around. You really oh, thank are. You. Thank you, Kevin. It was, it was, uh, I always love our time together. So thank you. You, you are just awesome. So it's, and again, go to allisonroberts.com, find out all, everything that you need to know about her because uh, she is one of the top hundred coaches in the world and she's worth everything that, that uh, she asks of you. And by the way, she doesn't just give you advice. She tells you what you have to do to uh, work through the stuff that you've got to work through. And she, she expects you to do what she asked her to do, right? I do. I mean, you're paying for it, so you might as well do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Allison, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I just want to tell whoever is listening to us or watching us that they're worth the work. Yeah. You know, that's a T-shirt. It is a T-shirt. You're worth the work. Yeah, they are. They're worth it. Yeah, and and everybody is. And if you don't believe it, um, then you really need to go talk to Allison. For sure. For sure. Because she can help you. She can help you live your life the way. And, and if you learn how to live your life in a, in a positive, fun way, you have no idea how much fun you'll have. Yeah. Allison, thank you so much for being on the show today. Okay, I got to do this. Stay right where you are. Be right back. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.